0: Insane not or. Hello and welcome to episode 212 of Cincinnati, the Bengals UK podcast and of course this week is Draft Week. Happy Draft Week to everyone out there who uh, enjoys this process. Not everyone does but the majority um, I would say enjoy getting into Draft Week and uh, um, talking about players and prospects and RES scores and arm lengths, and whether they've got smooth hips or not. Um, I know someone who's got smooth hips. It's Nathan Palmer.
1: (laughs) Oh, what a welcome, what an intro today for me, that is. Um, Exciting time, son, isn't it? You know, draft week, um, a lot of entertainment to be had. I love the week of the draft because Thursday, Friday, Saturday, no matter what you're doing, you've got a nice. last couple of days in a row of entertainment and you yeah, and sort of scheming away who's best on the ball left in days two and three and stuff like that so yeah it's always a it's an exciting week isn't it on the NFL calendar
0: yeah it really is and for some people this is their this is their thing it's better than a Super Bowl week or whatever you know well maybe not but do you know what I mean it's better than some weeks in the regular season you know um, people really love it and uh, what uh, what fun we can have. I think, for me, the excitement comes from the fact that knowing that the team is going to get seven, all being well, depending on trade-ups or trade-downs, whatever, uh, seven, potentially seven new sparkly players, uh, the cream of the crop, and uh, and then a bunch of undrafted free agents as well, to add to that. So that's where the excitement comes into into play. New players to get to know, new players to to invest in new players to root for new players to to really get behind for the new season i remember cam taylor britt was a great uh, example wasn't it i mean such a fantastic personality and uh, we interviewed him on the pod last year as well and then you kind of you know you invest in this guy and you you root for him throughout the season and what a great rookie season he had uh you know you see tyson anderson's um phone call video you know when he received the phone call from the bengals that was amazing so all that to look forward to and you know what i really look forward to you get to hear in the press conferences from the position coaches that never get wheeled out for press conferences you get to see lou and brian up there with zach as well so i i enjoy that aspect of it um but yeah fantastic uh, fantastic week um And I just read that AJ Green is going to announce our uh, second round pick. and That's exciting, isn't it?
1: Yeah, it's class. Yeah, I I do quite like that side of it in the NFL. Um, You know, where they've done that over the years, some legends of the team, some fans, you know, in the later rounds, it's it's quite a nice touch, isn't it? Just sort of having, saluting those guys. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. And particularly with AJ, because the fear was that he kind of left under a bit of a cloud it shows you that, um, you know, the relationship between AJ and the club is still pretty strong. So uh, I, I really like seeing that. Now, what's going to happen in this episode? It's the final, obviously, for well, for obvious reasons, the final um, episode in a draft prep trilogy, if you like. First of all, of course, we had the British draft panel um, featuring Dadas and Nathan Sangara and Rory... Roy Daniels and uh, Paris Pinney. Uh, second episode last week we had Dave Lapham and today we've got Joe Goodbury, everyone's favourite everyone's favourite Bengals uh, analyst on the interweb. Uh, so we've got Joe coming up in a minute and I really do mean in a minute what I think we're going to do is play Joe out uh, again another 30, 35 minutes of prime Goodbury uh, talking about uh, his favourite prospects potential draft strategies, all that kind of good stuff that Joe's really good at. Uh, Of course, we have him on every year, and I know that uh, I make the point that a lot of people want a piece of him at this time of the year, so it's great that he carves out a bit of time for us. And then me and Nathan are going to chat. We're going to go through uh, our own favourite draft crushes and players and things like that. Um, We're going to play the either-or game, and then we're going to bring you guys in to see what, uh, well, see who your draft crushes are. So, a lot to pack in. Shall we bring uh, the berry of goodness in? Let's
1: do it. Cincinnati.
0: And now, as promised, uh, our final guest in the lead up to this year's NFL draft. Is of course our old friend Joe Goodbury, and uh, he's uh, since we last spoke, he's joined James Rapine's Evil Empire, the Cincinnati Bengals talk. <laughs> empire and he has his own show Bengals on the brain on youtube and of course you can find him on twitter he's very active on twitter and he always carves a bit of time out for us around this uh this time of year um and we're very thankful for that because everyone wants a piece of the goodbury pie so um we're very thankful for joe joining us joe it's good to see you again man it's good to see you too man uh, it's been a, i think we've i feel
2: like we've been doing this for if i had 20? to guess eight Eight, yeah, I was gonna say eight or so years. It feels like yeah, around the twenty fifteen draft. Is, is I was just thinking about it as I was entering some numbers in on Cedric Aboyi and Jake Fisher today, and I was like, you know what, man, it's been a long time.
0: Yeah, I was thinking about that today, Um, and it's like, yeah, you've done this for with us for at least. I mean, originally it was in blog format, wasn't it, where I just kind of. Yeah. Tried- You transcribe your your words, but now with the the technology that's available in Zoom and all the rest of it and podcasts and things, it saves me a job, quite frankly, so I can just talk to you and you can talk to your heart's content. Uh, We're going to spend half an hour or so with Joe, so let's get to it. I want to know, first of all, before we enter the draft, how are you feeling about the roster? How are you feeling about the team? Uh, Obviously, they've made some moves in free agency. A couple of players have gone. A couple of key players have gone how are you feeling about this team going into the draft right now
2: I still feel really good I do feel like we lost a few guys especially I think a couple were unexpected guys like Von Bell right and anytime you lose both safeties I think that you're going to have a hit there now they've prepared for it with Dax Hill but I still think the the Von Bell thing will will chip away at maybe some of the things they do on defense Um, having said that you get better at left tackle and that's a good thing that's always a good thing and you know how I feel. I think if you have the right quarterback, and I believe they do, I think everyone believes they do, you've got a shot. So it really comes down to now, how can you draft? How well can you draft? How well can you flesh out the rest of this roster? And I, you know, I've got pretty much confidence that they can do that over the last handful of years now. It seems like they come into the draft without having a major need, and they don't force it. And they go and, and accept the draft as it
0: presents itself. And that's a good thing, right? No one wants yeah. to reach. It. We've seen the Bengals reach really Price um, in, the, <laughs> in, in the past uh, when they have left a gaping, one gaping hole on the roster. They've gone and filled it by hook or by crook. Doesn't matter. They've sort of thrown out the value, positional value, the, the you know, the, the pick in the draft value, all the rest of it and got their guy but you're right the last couple of years they've been pretty good at filling holes haven't they in free agency and now they don't have to force things and yet and yet there's a few things i think um for me even though they've had a good free agency so far or at least a solid free agency by the by the looks of things um they're still a, i feel as though they they're a little bit unsettled coming into this draft right tackle is an issue Running back is still an issue. Um, tight end, perhaps, although they have restocked in recent weeks with Irv Smith and Drew Sample. Whatever you think of Drew Sample, got the experience, you know, familiar with the scheme, slightly versatile. He can line up in the backfield as well. Um, do you, what, what do you think about that sort of slightly and those sort of slightly unsettled positions? Would that have an influence on where they might look at in the draft, do you think?
2: Oh, indeed. Uh, even last year, even though they didn't have major needs going into the draft, I still felt like they had areas to address and they may have let the first round come to them and saw an opportunity to fill a hole a year early with the XL last year. But then in rounds two or three, I think very clearly they needed a corner or wanted a corner and a defensive tackle and they targeted both guys. Uh, and it made sense to me at the time and it still does. So I, I could see a draft similar this year where they take how the first round falls to them and uh, you know, hopefully it's a position of need, but it doesn't have to be. It can be a position that they need in a year. And there's a lot of them. If you look at the roster in the future, you know, they got a lot of guys coming up on at the end of their contracts. So I think they could be flexible in the first round. And then yes, I think they would love to address tight end running back, possibly get another offensive lineman. If they don't, I I've been saying this, I don't think they'll push to get another offensive lineman in the room in the draft because I, unless they trade Jonah Williams, I think they believe he's their starting right tackle. So um, even if it's only for one year. So I don't think they'll force the tackle spot. If a guy's there, I think they'll take one, of course. And then I also think they'd like to replenish a few areas on defense. You're going to lose probably a Chidobe Awuzie, DJ Reader, maybe even Trey Hendrickson in the next two years. I do think they would take an edge Rusher, a defensive tackle, or a corner at any point in this draft and start to replenish that room in that side of the ball. Because once you pay Joe Burrow, and if you're going to pay – uh, T. Higgins and Jamar Chase, and they've already paid Orlando Brown. Well, that means the defense is going to have to be a bunch of rookie contract kind of guys. The picks are going to have to start going over there very soon. I think it's a better defensive draft this year than offense. And I think it could lead them to go that way.
0: That's uh, interesting. And yet you want, with all that kind of planning for what happens after this season, the, the team is very close to to being a championship team so is it all about balancing those sort of guys those prospects that you think might just push them over the edge for this year with the need to replenish the rookie contracts the defensive side of the ball when when your big dogs you know kind of move on after next season
2: it's a balancing act right Yeah, especially when you're not picking top 10. I think that's the thing we have to get used to as Bengals fans, also. That if you're picking in the back half of the first round, you probably shouldn't expect that guy to even start. So if he does, great. If not, that's fine too. Hopefully he could contribute. Hopefully it's not a situation where Dax Hill, I mean, Bates and and Bell were not relinquishing any snaps at all. They wouldn't come off the field. And I wish we could have seen more three safety looks. You know, it took an injury, a few injuries at corner to get Dax Hill on the field. Uh, So hopefully it's not a situation like that. If it is an edge rusher or defensive tackle, I think you can work them in and and find snaps for them. If it's an offensive lineman, well, you better be able to beat out if Jonah's still here or Lyle Collins and the host of other guys that they've got at the bottom end of the roster in order to start. Uh, If it's a corner, I don't know if that guy's going to start. If a woozy is ready right away, maybe they have Wouzier on a pitch count to start the year. Maybe they split those guys 50, 50, and that's how that guy plays. So it is a balance. But I do think when you're drafting, you're drafting for the future primarily. It's not to fill your needs right now. That's what free agency is for. It's why you want to be uh, flexible enough to to tackle that before the draft comes, because you don't want to be left with a situation where it's like, okay, we need this tight end. Say you draft a guy in the second round. We need this tight end to come in and be our starter had they have not signed Irv Smith and, and or Drew Sample. And then what if the guy isn't good or not ready? And now you have a major hole. So I think there's two parts there. Number one, I see rookies as bonus players in year one, but then also you don't know what your needs are going to be come January. You know, Mm -hmm. your needs now right before the season or in the summer are different from when you line up in January again. Every year we are down a couple offensive linemen. They're down to the fourth corner, right? Um, Various guys are getting injured and it's going to happen and it will happen. So it's hard to predict those things. So you're better off feeling confident that you're stocking every position. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. Let's, let's hit on a few positional groups and who you like. Uh, I'm going to ask you for your kind of late round favorite you're mm. always very or at least ask you who you're confident that they might be picking you've hit before with i say this every year, you've hit before when we've spoken on william jackson and marvin jones and those sort of guys so uh i'm gonna ask you for a few names they but who've you got your eyes so let's talk about let's talk about cornerback first um uh it seems a fairly deep draft for cornerbacks would you agree there's some, oh, yeah. some there's some good talent there. Uh, the Bengals have been meeting with the likes of Emmanuel Forbes. Uh, you've got Deontay Banks. I like Cam Smith. I like DJ Turner as well. And they might be second rounders. Who? Uh, what's your view on the cornerback position and who have you got your eye on in that uh, in that group? I think it could
2: be arguably the best position group in this entire draft. Uh, I do think oh, well, there will be guys all the way into the third, maybe even fourth round. I don't know if they'll be back half of fourth. Again, we pick on the in the last few picks there, but uh, at least into the third round, a little bit deeper than last year where you got Cam Taylor-Britt at the end of round two, and then Martin Emerson goes at the top of round three to the Browns, who I thought could be a starter, and he was the last one. Hmm. I think you'll have guys in the third round more than just one guy this year. There should be a handful. Uh, I expect two guys to go in the top 12 and Christian Gonzalez and Devin Witherspoon. After that, I think it is a pretty even grouping between Emmanuel Forbes, Deontay Banks, and Joey Porter Jr., all could go in the teens, to be honest with you, and all could go in the 20s. Uh, so I think they will, all three, go in the first round. Typically, there's about four corners that go in the first round every year. I think because it's strong, we'll see five go. Uh, I really, really like Emmanuel Forbes. For me, whenever I've evaluated corners, I like two things that I think uh, have, have served me well in the past. Number one, it's ball skills. How well do you play the ball in the air? You First of all, you got to – Not panic if you're if you're backs to the ball, right? Put your hand on the receiver, look back, be able to locate the ball, track the ball, make a play on the ball. Uh, He does that at an at an extremely high level. Maybe the best ball skills I've ever seen coming out of college. And then I look for aggressiveness in all situations. So it's not just when they're going to throw the ball at you. It's not just when you're targeted. It's not just when you're going against the number one receiver. I want to see a guy that's fighting on every single play, versus the run, versus screens. Uh, even when a guy's blocking them and the run's going to the other way. And Forbes does that for me, where I can't say the same about Banks or Porter in terms of ball skills or intensity. So that I have them behind Forbes. Uh, So if I think the Bengals would be interested in all three though. So if one of them are there, I could see them being very high on their board. Uh, And if not, then you don't have to force it. And I think round two is going to present, Plenty of options. Bengals have met with a lot of guys. Uh, Kaylee Ringo from Georgia. Uh, I like Again, I like DJ Turner. I'm with you on that. I like Julius Brents out of Kansas State. Long guy, physical, hard hitter. Uh, Turner's more of the, the smaller, quicker, faster guys. Uh, but then I, I, even after that, I think Darius Rice, Rice Darius Rush, excuse me, mm-hmm. Corey Trice. I was looking at the two names together. And then uh, maybe even Garrett Williams from Syracuse, who. I tore his knee up and wasn't able to test and do all that, but you may not need him this year anyways. So uh, he might be a value pick in round three and otherwise would have won the second round.
0: Okay. Let's switch to the other position groups. You mentioned earlier that the Bengals may need to replenish. Um, Let's go defensive tackle. Are you looking, would you look for more of a three? Are you looking for more of a three tech guy here? Or are you looking for a a direct replacement for reader? Because I guess we've got uh, um, uh, Tupu at the the moment as well. Um, And um, would you be looking for a direct replacement or would you be looking at a three technique just to give us a bit of extra juice? Because I think we did miss a bit of interior pass rush last year, even though BJ Hill played really well. Do you know what I mean?
2: Yeah, they missed the Ogunjobi part, right? The, right. the guy that just had that burst upfield, caused a little chaos and, you know, make life harder on the offense. Um, and they drafted a third rounder in Zach Carter, who should be a three-tech. Ended up being better against the run last year. I don't think he flashed much yeah, at all. On the on, past he, sure. on. he did. Mm. He did. So yeah. you have to wonder what his trajectory looks like. I think he just turned 24 years old. What kind of player can he be this year? It's usually year two for defensive tackles. So how do they view him? It's the hardest part of this entire conversation at D-Tackle, I think, because if there is a guy like a Kalijah Cansey there, who I think is a penetrating athletic 3 tech type, if he's high enough on their board, I think it'd be a no-brainer. Like, yeah, we drafted Carter last year, but it is what it is. Uh, We see a clear upgrade here and we're going to take the opportunity. Now, I do think, and I agree with you because they could use some pass rush and use an athlete at that position. I do think drafting a nose tackle to go behind Reader for a year is probably the way to go as well. Uh, And it's not a strong defensive tackle class. Like if you're not taking Kaleja Kansi, I think there are maybe two other guys that could be in the conversation there. One is Tommy Adeboire out of Northwestern. Uh, just a freaky long, athletic guy that played a lot of D end and D tackle. There, I think he will transition eventually to defensive tackle. He's actually even more athletic than Cancy is, and really yeah. long. Uh, he'll be interesting to see how he develops. That,
0: that's and, the knock on Cancy, right? He, he's he's measurably small. i not up to it, but he does have the the production. He does have the tape to to back it up. Really,
2: he does. Cansey's very good. He's very athletic Uh, flashes. The high end flashes are just ridiculous, Uh, but you're right. He's small for a corner, honestly, because his his arm length and things like that would be small for almost any position on the field. Uh, So he's so much of an outlier at defensive tackle that he would be an outlier at other positions other than the weight. Uh, So after that, the next guy for first round is probably Brian Brzee out of Clemson. He's a completely different type where he's the taller six, five and a half guy that, doesn't play with leverage all the time, isn't the bursty guy upfield, but laterally very quick and agile. And um, I think the Bengals may be more comfortable with that size than they are with Cancy. We'll have to see. They did draft Carter last year at 282 pounds. So I don't I don't know the actual size is an issue for them. I just think it's more of uh, the type and him being such an outlier talking about Cancy. So I could see those three being in consideration in the first round. But after that, I think it drops off pretty significantly. I do like Keanu Benton out of Wisconsin. He could replace Reeder maybe. He's more of like a B.J. Hill, so he's got like the stockiness of uh, Hill, but a little bit more athletic and played nose tackle at Wisconsin. And then you got a couple other guys I think would be interesting, and Gervon Dexter out of Florida, uh, Zach Pickens, South Carolina, Moro Ojomo out of Texas. Yeah. And there's a couple other yeah mezzy smith that's what i'm looking for he grades Yeah, i was really gonna say smith
0: seems to be the best fit for a reader replacement right for me is.
2: yeah he grades really low because he's a nose tackle out in my in my system it always spits nose tackles out lower because they should be drafted you know at best they're, they're only playing 50 percent of the snaps right so even though readers like a high impact guy when he's out there he can really only play you know the, the early downs and he's not out there as a, as a pass rusher very often i think mezzy smith could be a similar guy uh, does that mean he could go in the first round? Honestly, he's got the, probably the biggest range of all the guys I just mentioned. I wouldn't be surprised if the Bills took him in the first round, one pick ahead of the Bengals. I wouldn't be surprised if he was still there in the top of the third round. Mm.
0: Okay. Switching to, to an edge rusher, you mentioned Trey Hendrickson, his contract's coming up. I don't think it's next year, is it? It's the year after. But Yeah, he's I, got two years. Yeah. But, you know, they could always I – and mean, they signed Terrell Basham, but, you know, they could always use a bit of juice on a bit of sizzle on the outside. Some perhaps someone with a bit of position versatility where they could kick inside on on pass rushing downs. Um, how are you feeling about the edge rushing class? There looks um there looks to be some good ones again. The Bengals have met with Murphy as well. Maybe that's a name to watch if 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 there's a run on tight ends or cornerbacks or whatever, and a few edge rushes drop. But yeah, how are you feeling about the tight uh, sorry, the defensive end. Um we'll get to tight ends in a minute. Um the defensive end uh position group. Pretty strong group again this year. I think it'll be a, a
2: rotational player or, or even less into the fourth, fifth round. Uh, so I, I think you could wait if you wanted to and, and play with the strength of this class. Uh, I do think there's an opportunity, though, where if Miles Murphy is still there, a lot of people are really high in him, like top 15. If the Mangles agree, and for whatever reason, it looks like he's sliding a bit, and I, I know the reason. I mean, I, and to me, on tape, I think he's just average, and I think he doesn't have enough moves. I think he's a bit clunky as an athlete. Uh, I think he should go in the twenty-five to thirty-five range. So I, I've always felt he's he's in, he should be in that spot anyway. Uh, so to me, he's not sliding. But it seems like maybe the the media or the big side is catching up to that. Uh, and if but if the Bengals like him, uh, then I could see them looking at him and saying if they're agreement with the other guys that say he's a top fifteen player. I could see them saying Miles Murphy's the best player on the board and, and taking him and just seeing what happens. He can, he can rush from both sides. He can help you out on both ends. Uh, he can add a little juice compared to Sam Hubbard. So I could see it. But I, I do think this is a position they won't force. I, I think the value will probably strike them at pick 60 if it goes away. I think it goes. And there will be guys like Derek Hall out of Auburn, Felix Anadike, Uzama, Isaiah Foskey, Isaiah McGuire, Will McDonald, all these guys are probably second round picks. And two maybe, Paluto,
0: they've met with two Paluto yes, a couple of times.
2: USC and then BJ Ojulari. I mean, we just mentioned six, seven guys there. They all can't go yeah, right. in the in the second round. So I think there'll be probably one or two of those guys
0: remaining at sixty. It could easily be the best player on the board. Okay, let's switch to the other side of the ball. Um, tight ends is the. Or is it the obvious one? My problem with the offensive line position, they signed Cody Ford, whatever you think Mm. about Cody Ford. They signed him, and they've got a plan for him. Who knows what's going to happen with Collins? Carmen's still there. Who knows what's going to happen to Jonah Williams? I'm with you. I I don't see them forcing an offensive lineman. My favourite is Darnell Wright. He seems to me like exactly what they need at right tackle. People are talking about Darwin Jones. I know that you're not as quite as high on him as as perhaps a lot of other people, but I, I think the way they've looked at tight ends, they're obviously really eyeing that position. Well, you know, these draft meets sometimes don't mean a thing, but it might indicate what position group they might be looking at. I think that's so a, tight ends and everything that's been said, and you read and you you hear tight end. The tight end position group is super deep this year. And yet the Bengals have got a draft one that fits in with their scheme. You know, an 11 personnel heavy alignment, 80-something percent they used last year. Um, Does the signing of Irv Smith, does the signing of Drew Sample, Asias is there. Um, Does it mean they're not going to pick a big, big top five tight end if he's there? Michael Mayer... A Dalton Kincaid, all undoubtedly great players, and then you've got something a little bit different, Darnell Washington. How how do you feel about that position? I think they're
2: they will target a tight end. They've done a lot of work on tight end. They did last year. They tried to draft a tight end last year, even after signing Hayden Hurst, and it just didn't fall. All of them went about fifteen to twenty picks higher than I think everyone expected, Uh, and the Bengals just kept missing out at at every spot. And so uh, I think they're again going to look at drafting a tight end and starting in the first round. If a guy's there, if Michael Mayer or Dalton Kincaid are there, I think they'll heavily consider it. And I think both guys could be really high on their board. I'm really interested in, in how high they believe Dalton Kincaid uh, should be. And afterwards, if you don't take a guy in the first round, because I don't know if it's best value, uh, they have never shied away from it though. We've had Jermaine Gresham, we've had Tyler Reifer as first round picks, right? So, uh, they could do it, but I think round two may be the best chance. So, again, I said this about defensive end. I said this about corner as well. You're eventually going to have to pick one of those guys if you want one of them, or maybe in the first round, you know, and balance it out a little bit. Or you're going to pick one of them to miss on. I think Sam Laporta. I think Luke Musgrave. Uh, Darnell Washington probably goes in round two. I think he's he'll go before the Bengals around the clock. I think Sam Laporta could actually go before Darnell Washington, so don't be surprised if that happens. And then Tucker Craft, who's a small school guy out of South Dakota, all are probably in that second round range. And if one of them, it just takes one of them to fall a little bit. I mean, if I don't, it, it'd be rare for four tight ends to go in the second round. So I think it, even if two of those go, you'll probably end up with your choice of two others. Maybe it's uh, maybe that's Tucker Craft and Luke Musgrave, and you get your opportunity to pick from those two, which I think mm-hmm. the Bengals could be interested in that. Um, But, yeah, I do think at first I really liked the tight end class. And then as I got to the like the midway part of this draft class towards the end, I didn't like it as much. I think it drops off pretty significantly. Like if those guys all go in the round two or early round three before the Bengals around the clock right in the 90s, your next best options are probably Zach Kuntz out of Old Dominion. Brenton Strange from Penn State. Maybe it's a Josh Wiley or Luke Schoonmaker, Will Mallory, all guys I like, but don't love. You know, I feel like they're lottery tickets. They're take a chance. Maybe they can be a tight end too. Maybe they'll be more than that. Uh, and I don't know if that's appealing to the Bengals or not. I don't mind the strategy of just spending a mid round lottery ticket at tight end, but I do think a good tight end could really help elevate this offense. And uh, we, I don't know if we'll talk about receiver today, but if Tyler Boyd is, only has one year left on his deal, and I expect Higgins to at least be here for two more years if they tag him, you you are going to need a third option eventually to step into yeah. Tyler Boyd's role. And I think spending a high pick on a tight end would say that, would say, hey, this not only does he upgrade our tight end room, he will eventually become, if it's, if it's Dalton Kincaid, he'll eventually become an 80 target guy replacing Tyler.
0: I was going to say, say, using that, uh, that uh, approach and uh, and thinking about Boyd, who does come to the end of his contract, it's highly unlikely, I think, that they'll re-sign Boyd just not because he's coming to the end of his career, just because of who they who else they have to sign, right? Yeah, Kincaid. Then it's got to be Kincaid. I mean, Ma- Mayer seems to me like the the prototypical all round tight end. Darnell Washington is your in line monster extra offensive lineman with some potential for for some mismatch mismatches down the red zone etc but Kincaid seems to be the top sort of along with Laporta actually the the kind of the the pass catching guys that you'd be quite happy to split out wide and move move around the line a little bit
2: yeah I agree I think uh I think Kincaid is a future tight end one type receiver where he's never a great blocker He's never a physical presence because he is on the smaller side. He and Laporta both are six three and some change, you know. So they're not going to be these big physical presence, but they are going to be a big slot, a big check down option, a big, you know, uh, uh, run after the catch kind of guy. Especially Laporta, I think he's very good at that. Mayor though is extremely safe. Sometimes the way we look at prospects is. As I'm getting older, I'm, I'm changing my stance a little bit on these guys. I used to like the big, fast, uh, you know, guys that can do everything and, and flash on. But now as I see it, I feel like most players are who they are in college. And if we accept that fact and say, yeah, they're, they're going to get better or worse or whatever, but the, the core of who you are is still going to remain the same. If you're getting Michael Mayer, who was the, really the only option at Notre Dame and still put up gaudy numbers – You're getting that guy and you're plugging him in. And if he's that, that's a good player. You're getting a good player. And you're getting Dalton Kincaid, who's two years older than the mayor, has dealt with injuries, who has never been really a good blocker. I mean, you put on the Florida tape and he just gets manhandled consistently uh, Mm. to the point of it's almost a horror film to watch. But he's a really good receiver, really good athlete, really good hands, probably the best hands in this class. If you're getting both of those guys you're one guy is good but maybe limited the other guy has really high upside as a receiver but doesn't have the rest of his game i'm not sure i struggle with which one is more valuable
0: mm, it's tricky isn't it okay running back it's another unsettled position who knows what's going to happen with joe mixon p ryan's gone i like travion williams i'm not saying he's going to be running back one but i do think he's got a role here Chris Evans is your forgotten man of that, uh, of that room. Um, And yet again, there seems to be quite a nice deep class here to choose from. I've argued that the sweet spot for me is kind of rounds three and four. Um, How, how, how are you feeling about the running back class this year?
2: I like it. I think some people have soured on it and, it may be through the Bengals' lens that I think people have soured on it, and it's because I, th- I think the Bengals need a specific guy, uh, or at least a type that they, they. I think they are fully transitioning to this gap scheme from uh, from shotgun spread it out passing offense. Right, that's who they are, and I think they're comfortable with that, and I think that's their best chance of winning and, and putting up point. So I've got no argument with it. But actually a lot of these guys are wide zone under center type backs and, you know, the, the Joe Mixon types and that's okay. But a lot of them, you don't know what they are as a passing game back. You don't know if they can catch, you don't know if they can block. There's some of these guys, one of my favorites, Israel Abanakanda out of Pittsburgh has the size you want and the long speed you want. He's only 20 years old, but they threw him 17 targets last year. You, really, you rarely got to see what he can do in the passing game. And that's, Okay. Undoubtedly going to hurt his value, right? You, you wonder if he's a third, fourth, or fifth round pick. Um, I think if Bijan Robinson, so at first, the guys that fit that I think the Bengals would love to have Bijan Robinson, I don't expect them there, but if he was there, I think they would do it. Um, I think Zach Charbonnet from UCLA, one of the best shotgun runners, gap, gap scheme runners that is good at everything, to be honest with you. He just doesn't have super explosive long speed, but. It's probably the most overrated trait at a running back position when evaluating. Anyways, you, you can break off long runs as long as you can run some guys over and make a miss, and he does that. After that, I think it's Roshan Johnson from Texas. He would fit in very well. He's cut from the same cloth as B. John Robinson. You're just going to get him at a discount of value because he's never uh, carried the load, and he ran a four-six. So he's more of like a souped-up Simon J.P. Ryan who fit this offense very well, right, at times even better than Joe Mixon. Uh, so if, if they can't get one of those three, I'll be interested to see who they think is next or how they fit. You know, do they think Jameer Gibbs is worth a first round pick? I don't know if they do. Uh, do, they, do they think Israel Abanakanda can fit their mold? Because he has everything they they normally would draft, but he's coming from a different scheme. So do they think he can fit theirs. Uh was the Tank Bigsby evaluation easy enough because the team around him was so bad that it was so hard to watch him at times to get a feel for who he can be. And then you got guys like Ty J Spears, elusive, speed, can catch. I think he fit really well, but he's on the smaller side at, you know, five, nine and a half and two, 201, kind of like Giovanni Bernard. They weren't scared to draft him in round two, so maybe they're not – Scared to take a Spears. Uh, and there's a host of other guys. I have one that I want to mention that I like. It's Kendra Miller out of TCU. He wasn't able to test, but he's not even 21 yet either. He's probably the most creative runner, maybe sometimes too creative, uh, but I, I really like him. I think he'd be a good fit.
0: Yeah. I mean, you've got Chase Brown in there. You've got a Banacanda, as you mentioned. I like Eric Gray. I like Kenny McIntosh too. You know, yeah. there's, there's a, it, like you say, it just depends on how they're playing, planning to use them and whether they see them fit into their scheme we've got about seven minutes left joe um so let's let's talk about your hot tips who who do you think it's the perfect marriage between who you think the bengals will draft and who you want them to draft because there are subtle differences right between those two lists cool. is there any intersections there is there a nexus of uh of players that that kind of have one foot in each side of the Venn diagram there. I'm just throwing out all these metaphors here. But, um, yeah, who, yeah. who you got your eye on and who would you like?
2: Well, I mean, I've been banging a drum, not to be, just because I like a player, but because after I've been banging the drum, they told me I'm banging it a little bit too loud and, and relax a little bit. It's Emmanuel Forbes. I do think right. the intersection is there. I think they like him just as much as I do. Uh, mm. And the way I speak as highly of them, it seems like they see it the same way. And if that's the case, he's going to be very high on their board. And if he's available, I can see easily being the pick at 28. Now, I do think there's a chance he's not available. I, if, if other, It only takes one other team to, to see him the same way I do. Uh, and he's gone in the first 22 picks or so, and you never get that chance. So if that doesn't happen, I don't know what the fallback is, because that means someone else is going to drop down. Uh, will they pull the trigger on a Kalajic Is he too small? I actually don't have a read on that. I don't know. I would think they'll like Brian Brzee a lot. I'm not as high on him, uh, but I do think he would fit. And I think Nick Eason is the D-line coach now with Clemson. Remember, he was the D-line coach with Louie Narumbo the first couple of years. Um, very similar scheme. They, he would I think they would see it as an easy fit and that he would have been, had he not had the issues the last two years he had, would have been a top 15 easy pick. So I, I could see them valuing him much more than I do. Uh, later rounds, though, in mid-rounds, Again, I really like Spears and Bandicanda. I hope they see the vision there. I hope they see the fit there. I like Charbonnet a lot. I graded him as the third highest running back in this class, and I think they would love to take him at 60. So look out for that. I could see this draft going Forbes, then Charbonnet, and then coming into the third round to get a tight end, whether that's Zach Koontz, whether it's reaching a little bit for Will Mallory or uh, Brenton Strange, who fits more of like the the – the mold they've had the last couple of years with Irv Smith and, and uh, Hayden Hurst, or it's a Josh Wiley or so. I don't know if they'll go in the third round and force that one of those guys would probably be there in the fourth. But that's the gambit they played last year and missed out on it. Uh, so I could see them reaching a little bit for a tight end and in this class. what well, a late guy though. So I said that earlier, I don't think they'll address O-line with a premium pick because part of it is I don't see it lining up, right? I don't see, Unless Dewan Jones is still there at 60. And he could be. We didn't even get to that part. I'm sour on Dewan Jones because I think I'm reading the T leaves correctly here. I think most of the teams see him as a mid-second round pick, see him as a risky player, an outlier for the opposite ends of the spectrum because he's so large and so big, and not many of those guys ever succeed or stay healthy long enough. Uh and they see and I think he could go in that range where the Bengals pick at 60 or even later. If they don't take or address the offensive line, I think. One guy that fits really well is Antonio Mafi, the left guard out of UCLA. Power guy, 330, uh, young enough at 22 years old. But I think watching Charbonnet, I kept my eyes kept drawing to this guy, and he kept I kept thinking like this will be a perfect Bengals offensive lineman. Not that they need a guard, but they do need backups and raise the level. You know, a lot of their backup guards are Deontay Smith, Hikim and Energy guys that can't. Really anchor and sit down and use their strength. Mafi's the exact opposite. At three thirty, he's a brick house to get through, and I think they would value that.
0: And just quickly in a minute or so, because time is running out, unfortunately, you mentioned wide receivers. Have you got any favorites? Uh, do you think they they seem to be looking at wide receivers?
2: Yeah, I got three that, that if it lines up in the third, fourth, fifth round range. Uh, Rashid Rice out of SMU. Uh, Parker Washington out of Penn state and Trey Palmer from Nebraska. Uh, Palmer's got the deep speed and ball skills, man. I, as a buddy of mine said, doesn't he look like Marvin Jones? And I'm like, yes, he does. And uh, oh, that's he,
0: why, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's
2: projected to go in that range too.
0: Okay. Great stuff, Joe. Well, we can't wait to see what happens. Uh, I, I keep saying it. I have no idea where they're going to go. And um, that's what makes it exciting and very difficult to predict. So bring next mm-hmm. week on. Uh, Go and follow Joe. If you don't, I'm sure everyone does, at Joe Goodbury. Uh, Go and watch um, Bengals on the Brain on YouTube. Uh, But for now, Joe, thanks for your time, and I'll see you next year.
2: Yeah, that's right. Take care, Paul. Thanks,
0: mate. There we go. Old Joe Goodbury. Old Joe Goodbury there. Uh, Coming in live to us from, uh, I think... New York State I think it is, he's up there isn't he but yeah we can't thank Joe enough for uh, the time as I mentioned earlier and I keep mentioning but I, I really am thankful for these guys we've had a long relationship with Joe and uh, um, and just really thankful that he carves out a bit of time for us every single year so I hope you enjoy that lots to ponder um, and lots to get through uh, Nathan I set you some homework last week didn't I
1: you did my son I and mean, you always tend to around draft uh, draft season to keep me on my toes
0: alright well um, I asked you to come, out, come up with a bunch of players to who you th- who you want the Bengals to draft over the first two rounds shall we say let's limit it to the first two rounds who you want the yeah. Bengals to draft and then who you think the Bengals will draft because there obviously is a difference here so Do you want to go with the ones that you want them to draft?
1: Yeah. So, by Jan Robinson for sure. I've said that before on the last couple of episodes, just how I think he's the sort of guy that top ten prospect. And if you're you're serious about the best player available um, scenario and he's there late in the first round, I just think he's too good to pass up. I don't think the Bengals will draft a running back in round one. I don't think the Bengals will draft a running back in round two. I've just been thinking about it uh-huh. over the last week. And I, I think they're going to go round three, round four for a running back. I don't think they're going to go too early. I think you can maybe take out um, the chance of Bajan and Gibbs and Charbonnet. I don't think that they're the guys they're going to be looking at. I think they'll prioritise other positions in rounds one and two. Um, but I think if Byjan's there, I, I wouldn't rule out he's gone in the top ten. I wouldn't rule that out that someone pulls the trigger on him early and does just go best player available and say look at this guy you know we need to run him back and someone goes and gets him or you know just takes him in certainly inside like, the first half of round 1 I'd be shocked if he's there when we draft him so in some ways it's a bit of an unrealistic draft crush Well that's for me. All
0: right it's a draft crush man you're allowed yeah, to crush on these guys
1: <laughs> Second guy for me if we're talking tight ends, I just think Michael Mayer probably or Michael Mayer however you pronounce it I'm not always the best at my pronunciations am I but he for me is just a very safe prospect you know he, people are comparing him to like a Jason Witten type character again there's I think a fairly good chance he won't be there um when we pick um a lot of people are saying Dallas love him and you know if Jerry Jones could get a you know that type of player clone uh, Um, He would pull the trigger on it and Dallas could use a tight end. So, you know, very likely that he might be gone when we're there as well. But he just feels like a very safe pick, you know, if that's ever a thing in the back end of round one, you know, a guy that kind of does a bit of everything, PFF's number one tight end from last season, bit of a stand-up guy, just would be very happy with that. You know, I think you could plug him in and he'd do a very good job there. Um, a guy that is interesting hmm. in round one that I, I haven't seen any mock drafts going or falling as low as us. But I saw one today where he did Where is Christian Gonzalez, the cornerback from Oregon. Oh, Most wow. Of the OK, wow. Well, yeah. And I, I've not seen It's the first mock draft I've seen where he's tumbled down that far. And there's always a guy. In the first round, that you look at all the mock drafts, and you know it's like he's, he's entrenched in a certain sort of position. And with Gonzalez, it tends to be around sort of the, you know, the ten to sort of twenty range mostly. Um Maybe some slightly higher, but yeah, I saw one with him falling. People saying, oh, that there's a couple of people, a couple of scouts that have questioned his toughness and a few other bits. I mean, he's got everything in terms of like side speed, length. I mean, he's very, very you know, well-liked, a young guy, he's under 21 at the moment. So there's a lot of upside there. But, I mean, if he was someone – and I like to I – lo- I love the idea of, like, getting really good value for money. I'm, a, I'm someone in life that likes good value for money, son, you <laughs> yeah. know, getting more than, more than you should get. And yeah. I think if he yeah, was yeah. around at the back end of round one, you'd say that's a bit of a steal. You potentially question why he's available at the back end of, you know, round one after a lot of people have – um You know, a lot of people have said, Oh, actually, you know, he's a very good player. And, you know, if he does fall, why is that? But certainly that would feel like good value for me if he was floating around there. Um, Do you know who I like? And this is not rounds one and two, but I believe the Bengals are going to draft a quarterback at some point in this draft. Okay, yeah, like that, like that, yeah. And I think late rounds maybe between rounds five and seven maybe earlier you get Clayton Tune from Houston and I watched him a couple of times last year unbelievable looked really good um, it's also a solid handle isn't it Clayton Tune I mean that's a how, how are you spelling Tune uh, T-U-N-E
0: oh it's literally as it sounds Tune Clayton Tune, yeah, Clayton tune imagine the headlines imagine the headlines for that name blimey
1: oh I know I know right. exactly but he he, I watched him a couple of times last year and he looked very very good I mean he's got a later round grade on him I'm sure there'll be you know all sorts of reasons as to why but they do need a um, backup quarterback and I think they will go down that route I mean there's there's the potential would you go Stetson Bennett's son you know he's obviously a polarizing prospect isn't he? in terms of what people see from him but I I do think that might be more exciting you know everyone loves it than you when you get quarterback and you evaluate them all could we get a you know, a sort of Tom Brady-esque diamond in the rough in the later rounds. I mean, it rarely ever happens, but, you know, it would be interesting if they went that way. Um, but there's a couple of my guys. What, what about yourself, Sam? What, you, what are you looking at?
0: Well, I was going to say, the the Bengals have met with a couple of um, quarterbacks, Adrian O'Connell and Dorian Thompson-Robinson. So, you know, maybe they will look at that. Okay, for me, I've got a bunch, actually, so you're going to have to bear with. Um, Kalijah Kansi, that's my... Um, one yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know what's going to happen with him. He could go higher. He could go in the second round because he's this guy, you know, that his measurables are just not what is required for a defensive lineman, right? You hear about his short arms and blah, blah, blah. Um, And that will worry a lot of teams, I think. But equally, you put on his tape and bloody hell. Yep and I think that's what we need we, know that we need another 3-tech and if we can get another Geno Atkins type of player then hello nanny I'm all over that uh, also another defensive tackle Mazzy Smith I really like um, solid handle indeed uh, I I think we should be looking at uh, a DJ Reader replacement as much as it pains me to say that but Mazzy Smith is the closest thing I think in this draft to a DJ reader type of nose tackle. Um, I like Emmanuel Forbes. I do. I think he's, you know, I know there are concerns about his his weight and his his body his frame. You know, his kind of slightly wiry fat frame. But I think that can be worked on. He can put some bulk on. I just think as a ball hawk, he's long. He's fast everything that you want in a cornerback i also like dj turner but conversely he's got shorter arms so you know he's a bit of a mccreary like sort of guy if you remember mccreary was drafted by the titans good player but shorter arms whether that plays into who knows a couple of running backs i like zach evans as a bigger guy and eric gray as a smaller guy and i think if we're looking for a Tyler Boyd replacement, then you can't go wrong with someone later, you know, mid rounds, Xavier Hutchinson. How about that? And if they're going to. Well,
1: I think Britson. Go
0: on. I was just going to add in. And if we want an offensive lineman and we want to go early and he's there, Darnell Wright would solve a lot of problems. Yeah. um, Yeah. In the sense that he could be a plug in in play as a rookie. Maybe you sit in behind a Jonah Williams or a Jackson Carman or a Lael Collins, but that would, you know, that would allow you to move on Jonah. Uh, That would allow you to perhaps move on from Lael, uh, from LC at the end of this season or even before. That would solve a lot of problems and actually save a lot of money. So, yeah, there's a whole bunch there.
1: Yeah, and receivers are a very good one, because you do have to think with Tyler Boyd. I'd be stunned if Tyler Boyd was back with the team um, at the beginning of next season, as in, you know, 2024. Um, I just think they'll they'll have to move on from that, and Boyd will probably go and get himself a sort of, you know, shorter-term contract somewhere else. But um, that is a position of interest in the later round, isn't it? Kind of a slot guy that can yeah, sort of come in yeah, and yeah. offer a bit of upside there, and, you know, be sort of groomed for the next year while, um you know, get a bit of a few snaps here and there and try and see if we can, you know, hopefully replace Boyd with someone, you know, that can sort of match up to his ability. because You know, he's a very good player. You, you're going to be... I think we have to, as Bengals fans, just sit there and, you know, really just gawk almost at the, the talent we've got at wide receiver because I, I can't remember a time in this franchise's history where we've had three quality receivers like that. I mean, it yeah. is very, very rare to have, you know, a guy like Tyler Boyd is your, you know, your WR three. So yeah, incredible. And that will be one to watch. There's a lot of positions in there really. I mean, I'm not saying, you know, we're desperate at certain positions, but as we've said before, there's not many positions really on the roster that you turn around and say, oh, we just absolutely don't need that position. Do you know what I mean? There's quite a few areas of the team. There's definitely on the offensive line, definitely the defensive line, cornerback. We could use a guy. I think the Bengals will go cornerback in round one. Um right, well, yeah, let let's go like to positions.
0: the let's go to the players that those are the players that those are our draft crushes, the players that we like. Let's go with the players we think the Bengals will take. Do you want to go first?
1: Yeah, I think they might like and might want to take a chance on DJ Turner. Um and I, I, I think this is in round one I'm saying. Oh wow, okay. I think, right. like, I think they'll like his upside, his speed, that always tends to propel people up the up the ball um, and I think Lou might take a look at the geezer and say you know I can do a bit of work with him I can train him up you know get him in a good position as to where you, him and potentially Cam Taylor Britt take the reins in two years time and you've got a good young um, trio on either side I just think they'll like his upside Bit you'd argue maybe slight reach in round one um, but I do think the Bengals are going to go cornerback in round one. I just got an in- you know I've got an inkling, son. I can't really say why, but I, I think you made some yeah. points last week about you know with Eli Apple being gone and yeah. um, Cheeto
0: perhaps on his way
1: after this exactly. season.
0: Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think Emmanuel Forbes is the one for me. The, it's, he, he's in that intersection for me between uh, who I would like them to draft and what they w- who they will draft. I just think they've done a ton of work on him. They bought him in, they met him at the combine, they bought him in for a visit, they've done loads of work on him. He fits the mold after what you know as to what cornerback Lou likes. I think if he's there, if he's there, um I think, you know, it's a bit of a no-brainer. I'm also going to if he's gone, then I wonder if that goes with another cornerback that they met Kelly Ringo at the bottom of the the first there but I also that my the players that I think that they might draft is Miles Murphy the defensive end. Yep. Dalton Kincaid. I honestly don't think Michael Mayer is going to be there. If you read everything that's been coming out today, Dallas are all over him yeah. like a rash, and yeah, yeah. Uh, they want him big time. I wouldn't be surprised if Dallas takes him. It's the perfect spot for him.
1: Do you think if Kincaid and Mayer were on the board, which way do you think they would take him over Kincaid?
0: Maybe. I think, like you said earlier, Mayer is the more kind of reliable pick. Kincaid is, you know, is more of a receiving guy. It's a slight projection. It's a slight risk. But I think if Kincaid is there, and, you know, that's a possibility, I'm going for Tuli um, palutu the uh, the kind of defensive, I'm not sure about that actually. Tui, palu, <laughs> p- Paluto, Paluto, Palo-to. Paloo, Um him, he's a defensive end, straight defensive tackle. I think she, I think he's got uh, again. The Bengals have met him. Lose worked him out. Could be a second round geezer. And I do think to add in a running back. Brian said on Locked On Bengals that. Uh, Brian Callahan, that is not Brian Blessed. Um, that um, they are looking at running backs. I still uh, would argue that the sweet spot for running backs is the sort of rounds three and four. The guys that I like, like where that yeah. you know, like your Zach Evans, like your Tajay Spears, your bride, Eric yeah. Gray, your Rashawn Johnsons. I also like as well, and your smaller guys like Ju Evans and people like that, but. Yeah, I think, you know, if they're going to go early, I think it's going to be Zach Chabonnet. Mm,
1: interesting. Who I like, who, who you... I really
0: like, who I think is great and it will be fantastic for us. But, um, so yeah, those are the guys that I think they've got an eye on. I may be wrong. Who do you In think fact, Beng- probably, probably will be wrong. <laughs> it's, it's impossible to predict. It's a stupid exercise and I'm very yeah. sorry.
1: Who do you think the Bengals would take if... They had an open board and say, say only the top 10 prospects are off the board. So the sort of unanimous, you know, your quarterbacks, your, yeah. you know, your top, top guys are off the board. You know, who do you think they'd want in an absolutely ideal world? So you take off, you know, the guys yeah. like Witherspoon, Will Anderson, sure, Jalen sure. Carter, all those guys, the quarterbacks. Who, well you got to say
0: Bijan as well he's a top 10 rated talent you know what I mean So, do you think that's
1: if they had their if they had their like you know the pick of it so you've got Gonzalez you've got cansey you've got Brian Branch you know you've got people that are sort of projected higher as prospects you still think that they would turn ooh. around and take like, Bijan in that position like, what do you think's the absolute? They sit there on draft night, and this guy falls to them, and they're all rolling around on the floor. You know, is there, is there that guy there that you think would just be like, oh my god, this is best case scenario? I
0: think Bijan would be one of those guys if he was around. Um, oh man, that's a really good uh, question.
1: I mean, some ways, Darnell, it sounds silly. In some ways, you'd say Darnell Wright's got to be in that conversation because well, yeah, you're looking at one of the tackles. You're
0: looking at one of the tackles, a, a Skoronsky for instance. yeah, you know, but he probably
1: like consensus that. top ten, isn't he?
0: Well, uh, some I mean Jay, uh, Jamie did the uh did the old uh, people's draft on the Jeff Reimbold uh, podcast and he, I think Skoronsky was still around and he still went with um he still went with um uh Kancy, Kancy. you know. So um, you know I don't know, uh, Cam Smith might be there like you say, Joey Porter. How about that? Joey Porter Jr. That would be something. Bloody hell. Uh to draft Joey Porter's son. Um Nolan Smith, like say Gonzalez. Um Brian Brazee, another defensive lineman. Paris Johnson if he falls.
1: Um Paris Johnson is the potentially realistic guy. Deontay Banks Deontay
0: we... Banks, another great cornerback. Um I'll tell you. i tell you the person they would pick, I reckon. Jackson Smith and Jigba. No. Slot receiver. Best receiver in the draft. We need another slot receiver coming up. That would be tantalised.
1: You wouldn't be first on him, though.
0: If he's there. I, I, you know, I know the size of the contract be massive, but, you know, I don't know. Um... Broderick Jones, another offensive tackle. Ooh, I don't know, man. I don't we,
1: know. We've named, we've named every every prospect in the first two rounds here. <laughs>
0: well, that's it, that's it. But it's in, it is impossible. They've got their big boards, and like you were saying, there will be trades, there will be a run on certain positions.
1: Um, be, yeah, some guy will fall out the first round that you'd be shocked by, and, you know, you will defy all logic that you know everyone's been talking about for the past two months there's always that one prospect isn't there that falls quite a long way you know, down the, down the charts. And yeah. I would, that's yeah. in a, in a pretty horrible way <laughs> is one of the most enjoyable parts of the draft, isn't it? You know, where you yeah. sort of shock yeah. people that fall and when someone in the, and there'll also, there'll also be a guy that someone takes in the, the first round in the teens or early twenties that you'll look at and be like, what are they doing there? This guy had a third round grade on him and people will be shocked. I think, do you know, I think the guy that will go in the first round, that he's not on many mocks to go in the first round, but he just seems to be climbing up and up boards every mm-hmm. time I'm looking at them. Is that Cody Mark? You know the guy from North Dakota. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right, right. The guy with the no teeth in the picture. I just think the more the more I um, the more I look at drafts, he just keeps going up and up and up. And I think someone because of his versatility and and everything else, and he was I think I'm sure he was one of PFF's highest graded guys. And obviously he plays you know for North Dakota State, but I would not be surprised if he was a guy that went in the first round.
0: Oh, there's so many options. And another option that we haven't even mentioned yet, I mean, if the players that they like have gone, there's a real chance that they could trade out that first round. And um,
1: Yeah, we haven't talked about that much.
0: No, I mean, it's always an option. It gets you another couple of extra picks. Um,
1: I don't know. Well, Jonah could be traded as well, couldn't he? That's the other thing. You know, Well, I mean, yeah, that's very...
0: an, I think that's another thing to watch out for. Will Jonah be traded? during the draft, before the draft, on draft day, immediately afterwards. I mean, who they draft in that... If they draft a Darnell Wright, that will, I think that will give them the confidence to kind of say... Yeah, I agree with that. Look, Jay, cheers, mate, that, that, mate, you know, see and, you later.
1: And that could be best-case scenario, because if you were to, you know, ship Darnell Wright in... And say, right, you know, he's a guy you're going to give the job to. Good luck to the geezer. And you, you trade Jonah out for a what, third or fourth round pick, maybe. Even a fourth or a fifth. It's like, well, it gives you extra capital, doesn't it? It gives you another player a, yeah, yeah, a yeah. position. You know, it gives you that those options. And you get a guy that, you know, in Darnell Wright, which is probably, is probably the most um, impressive right tackle, you know, in the draft. So, yeah, I mean, that's it. You know, it could be, could be an interesting one.
0: Yeah, I still don't basically know which way they're going to go. And I just think they're going to trust their board, who they've got on top of that board. When that pick comes in is the person that they will pick. I mean, it's always the way, but this year particularly seems to be much more difficult to predict, I think. And that's partly because of the instability at some positions and also where they're picking in the draft as well, I think. it's always more. I think the phrase is, the universe gets wider as the exactly. uh, as lower uh, you know the, the farther down you get in a particular round, so you know when we're at the top and picking in the top five, you know who you want and yeah. you're zero because like you you've got some needs there and you're hoping to get a superstar. But uh, anyway, we've touched on this. Shall we play the either or game, Nathan?
1: Can I get one more question for you, Sam? Yes. Did- one more question. I just always want to hear your insight on this. You know, it's just, it gives me gives me real energy getting all the all of the facts from Paul Hirons on the draft. But <laughs> I want to know: is there a prospect? And this is a bit harsh. Is there a prospect you'd be shot like really disappointed with if the Bengals took a punt on him in round one? Oh. A guy that you just think, oh no, like I mean, it's hard to say, isn't it? Because they've all talented it is because I all...
0: I I'm kind of because I'm so. I'm really not fixed on someone this year. So, whoever they pick, I'm kind of going to be down with, you know. Um, let me think. I mean, if we pick a linebacker in the first round, you know, you could say that's not great. I don't know about if a they, safety they took, in if they the first took, round. If they,
1: took, if they took someone like Zach Charbonnet in the first round, would you be throwing your outer on across the room?
0: Um...
1: I don't think that'll
0: happen because I think it'll be someone like Jemai Gibbs before Charbonnet do you know what I mean but then again you never know because like we we only go by mock draft simulated draft boards you know that are constructed yeah. by fans some teams will have Charbonnet uh, rated above Jemai Gibbs do you know what I mean um, if they pick Jemai yeah, Gibbs yeah. I'd be happy I think Charbonnet's yeah, a no, second rounder you know what I mean um, don't know. Um, maybe an offensive lineman that's perhaps not one of the big three or four. So sc- yeah. not Skoronsky, not uh, not Paris Johnson, not Darnell Wright, not Anton Harrison. If they drafted someone like a Cody Morch then I'm, uh, you know I'd be less enthusiastic. Yeah, but. As I say, I'm not fixed on. In the past, I have been fixed on a few positions. As as everyone knows, I love a big lad in the middle. And um, <laughs> if they, if they, if they draft a Kansi or a Massey Smith or whoever that might be, I don't think it'd be uh, Siaka Ika or someone like that. But um, yeah, I don't know uh, Keanu Benton, people like that. I'm down with those guys in the, in the second round. But, yeah, give, give me Canty. I'd be happy with Canty, basically. That's my number one draft crush, I think. Well, there you go. But they won't. They'll go cornerback. I think they'll go cornerback. They, well, I
1: think they're going to go cornerback, yeah.
0: <laughs> right. Shall we Shall we play the either-or game, Nathan? Go on, then. Just to remind listeners, I will start the clock. Nathan has a minute to answer as many either-or questions as possible. Um, I can't remember what he got last time. That's not really the object of the game, but it's just hey, it's just a bit of fun, listeners. So Nathan, one minute, are you are you ready? Meyer or Kincaid? Oh, Meyer. Forbes or Banks? Forbes. Meyer or Forbes? Forbes. Kinkade or Forbes? No, no, Maya, Maya, Maya. Kinkade Meyer, or Meyer, Forbes. Meyer, Meyer, transition, <laughs> transition! Uh, Singapore Sling or Manabria? Manabria. Bath or Shower? Shower. Zombies or Vampire? Mm, zombies. Transition, transition, Robinson or Maya? Robinson. can or Robinson? Robinson. Transition, transition, Pie or Cake? Oh, pie. There you go. You're out of time. I didn't even ask you. see or Miles Murphy, Murphy or Meyer. Boxes or brief guacamole or salsa. Crunchy or smooth peanut butter. Oh. <laughs> crunchy. You got. Uh,
1: empty, yeah. Let's have a look. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven,
0: twelve. So you took a bit of time. To, it was. not see it
1: be class. It can't would be class, wouldn't he? Really? I mean, he. I mean, he's. He's like I said, he's moved up a few boards, and I don't know. Any time you're comparing someone to like Geno Atkins, Aaron Donald character, and they might be unfair comparisons, really. You know, for to put that sort of weight of expectation on him because he went to Pittsburgh and he's slightly undersized. But I mean, you know, goodness me, if you got anything close to that, pair that with DJ Reader in the middle there, and it's a serious. Serious lad in the middle
0: of it, yeah. Serious lad, and we need a serious lad. I do. A lot of people think, well, what about the? Because I, I think last night when Jamie picked Kansi for the people's draft on the Jeff Reinerball show, that I think Jeff and Michael were quite surprised because they kind of thought it's got to be protecting Joe Burrow, right? Um, and that seems to be, still be a narrative in lots of sort of, you know, casual Bengals observers' minds. You know, yeah. Uh, But you look at, you know, we we did miss some interior pass rush last year and I think that would just tip the defensive line over the edge into something really, truly special. I mean, today we we found out that dear old Len Goodman passed away. One of his uh, favourite sayings was, that's all sausage and no sizzle. Now, I'm not saying our defensive line was all sausage, but uh, imagine with the Kansi it would be the sausage and the sizzle.
1: Yeah, we did struggle last year with the old pass rush, you know. I mean, I don't think it was bad, but it wasn't as good as it should have been really at times. And you think with Sam Hubbard and Trey Hendrickson, you know, they're not getting any younger, are they? Are there any guys coming up behind them? There are. But, like, you know, I, I do think certainly on in the inside, you know, we, we, miss, um, we miss what we got from Ogunjobi the year well, before yeah, last. Well, yeah,
0: Joe mentioned that, didn't he? Like, we were missing the Ogunjobi effect. And if we got someone yeah. like Kansi, potentially... That could do even more than Ogan Joby. You know, again, yep. we don't want to put too much expectation on him. But I don't know. I love Kansi, but I, I do think cornerback. Shall we find out what our lovely listeners uh, are saying about this dilemma, Nathan? Oh, I'd love to. Nathan Sangara at Punjay93 says, Remember mine from the draft pod, but Parker Washington or Keishon Butte or... Butte? Butte? But, but, Keishon Booté in uh, Boutte. Keishon Booté. Is, is that how you pronounce it? In the fourth, I don't know.
1: I don't, I'd like to think so.
0: He's uh, Nathan says those guys fit our future wide receiver three needs well. Booté is a bit riskier, so I'd go Washington over him. But both interesting potential Tyler Boyd replacement if he leaves. Also Washington has special teams. Experience James Fox at james Fox nineteen eighty one I think the first couple of rounds will be interesting, especially hearing Dave Lapham on the pod. an outlier I'd like to see us take a look at if he drops to the later round uh, rounds is Andre Carter II, the second the Army edge mm. Russia seems like yeah, a,
1: he's a big lad,
0: yeah seems like an animal, James says, but seeing him go pretty far down in a number of mocks. See you know I love all these late round gems you know um, as well. Andrew Dockerall at Docker's seventy seven top five semi realistic names for me at twenty eight. Darnell Wright, Dalton Kincaid, Deontay Banks, Sol Idhan Dull. No, you're not getting around with that, Andrew. I'm afraid. And Emmanuel Forbes. My five non first round crushes this year are Andre Ke- Miller, Moro Ajomo. Jack Campbell, Jose Ramirez, and Ty J Spears. Excited to break down, to break down uh, whatever happens. And, of course, Dockers has been churning out the mock drafts. A couple to come, so we'll put them online for you. But do go and check them out. He's done a fantastic job, as ever, for us. Thank you, Dockers. I like, I like,
1: the, I like the sound of the prospect. He mentioned the fourth guy in the first round. What, the uh, uh,
0: Sol Idhandl?
1: Yeah, he sounds like a he sounds like a good player. I read a lot of good things.
0: Yeah, yeah. Memphis Sol Stuart Stuart Baird, six eight eight. I know very little about the draft this year. To be honest, I don't know much any year. And um I think there are people like you out there, Stu, who are just basically interested to see who we've drafted, what kind of players that we do, and obviously that's fine too. Slam dunk at slam dunk the funk. Sorry to handle. I think we trade back from 28, but I'd like us to draft Bijan Robinson or Michael Mayer. If not, and there's a big list here that Duncan provides, Lucas Van Ness, Hendon Hooker, quarterback <laughs> Hendon Hooker, are you sure? Uh, Tule <laughs> Tua Pilate, uh, Tank Bigsby, Caillou Blue Kelly... Or ya yeah DR.
1: He's just picking some solid handles there, I know it. He just wants me he wants me to have a heart attack, then he would just solid handles after each one.
0: Oh, and Zach Cunts as well. He wants <laughs> and I know exactly why he wants Zach Cunts, to be honest with you. Um Man Abelhosen at the fireman. In fact, I to be fair, I solid am Solid handle. I am look sorry, sorry, man, to 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 uh piss on your chips there, but I am looking forward to to various media commentators trying to pronounce the word Zach Koontz because that's how they're going to pronounce it, aren't they? They're not going to say Zach, you know what. Anyway, whatever, there's something to look forward to. Yes, Man Abelhosen at The Fireman. Mazzy Smith, another DJ reader type player, extremely athletic for his size. Has been said about me as well. Um, <laughs> Bengal Rowley at Hog Roland. Solid air. I would like Endle. to see first cornerback and second tight end and third running back. So basically, Deontay Bantz, Sam Laporta, and Devon Ashane. And uh, then we'll have to draft DJ Reader's replacement. Sob, Keondre Kobe. Not heard of him. Mm. Simon Walker at Grass Bandits. Solid air. Endle. Forbes Skoronsky. Right are the play- three players I've been following as the guys I want to see first round. But I always seem to have my crushes or save my crushes for attainable UC players. Tyler Scott, third round. Ivan Pace, fourth round. I will say this. I think they're going to draft a linebacker at some stage. I know I said it was a position group. We seem to be set out. But they, they've they been looking at linebackers, you know. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if they pick up a, a linebacker, as, as strange as that seems. Um, Troy Snyder at Troy underscore Snyder. Uh, he says Emmanuel Forbes at Jemai Gibbs. James at Jimmy HD. Jordan Rhodes, just because I want to imagine. The Scottish centre forwards head inside the helmet next to Karras and company. American listeners, uh, Jordan Rose was a famous Scottish footballer. I think he's still playing, is he, Jordan Rose? Yeah, of course he is. Um, oh, yeah, he's
1: still playing. Me,
0: yeah, yeah. Joe at Muskie's fan. Wide receiver Bryce Ward, Sorry, Bryce Ford Wheaton from West Virginia. Six foot five with 4.38 speed would be a nice weapon. An upgrade at the fourth wide receiver spot. There should be a three-round... Should be there rounds three and four. Chris Roberts at 10.66. Chris, if he's still available, I'd like us to draft Michael Mayer at 28. Suspect we will pick Emmanuel Forbes at cornerback and go for a uh, tight end in round two or three. Last line of defence at Kieran underscore Barmer. Um, Most of our starting offensive line is set, except for right tackle and tight end for this year, but there's no offensive line depth. On D, the front seven is set, but there's depth issues at cornerback and free safety, and lots of D players are out of contract next year. I think we need to look for depth guys who can be developed. Okay. Mega Farter at Mega Farta B. Shocking handle. One word from Scott. Laporta. Leon Cook at Cook Ra. Um, ran a couple of drafts and ended up with OT Darnell Wright. DL Miles Murphy. I wouldn't mind if the Bengals traded down for some second round pieces. The depth is massive and we should be looking at twenty-four and twenty-five seasons. Overall crush is Dino Washington. The man is a specimen. Well, there we go. Well, there we go. I'll set it again. Um, thank you very much to Joe Goodbury. Hope you've enjoyed our draft coverage. Um As I say, things kick off for uh, viewers in the UK uh, at 1am on Friday morning, uh, and then I think it's midnight uh, the same night, and 5pm on Saturday afternoon for rounds uh, 4 to 7. So lots to look forward to, lots of new players to uh, check out.
1: Can't wait for it.
0: Any final thoughts on this draft, Nathan? Anything that you'd like to say?
1: No, I mean it's exciting time, isn't it? Um, I like you said, Sam. To be honest with you, I'm I'm fairly easy. I don't think there's too many players I'd be that disappointed with. Uh, the The excitement I, I believe would be in the running back or the tight end. Whenever you get a, you know a sexy guy on offense that can come in and be a playmaker. I mean, if you if you get by Jem Robinson or even Gibbs, you know, first round running back would be very exciting, wouldn't it, in the offence we've got. First round tight end would do the same thing. You know, it's been a while since we've had a real quality um, tight end. And I think one of those guys would come in, maybe not in the first year, but, you know, maybe next year or something like that and end up being a really quality player to pair with, as we were talking about earlier, possibly the best three um, wide receiver set in the NFL. So, yeah, that'd be really exciting. But either way, like you said at the start, we're going to get some, you know, seven good players. Um, the Bengals have had some pretty good drafts in the last couple of years. So I'm hoping that they can keep keep the magic coming
0: exactly let's keep the magic going let's uh, draft some good players it's easier said than done of course but uh, yeah really looking forward to it we'll be back next week to review what happened and we do have a bengals player coming on to the podcast next week so watch this space uh until then it's a who day from me
1: and a who day from me cheers guys